Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Vigilance for the End Times. Welcome to episode number 25, Receiving the Fullness of the Spirit. Part 4, Experiencing the Partnership of the Holy Spirit One Step at a Time. Um, Over the last few months, I have had a growing inner awareness that the realm of the Spirit is a place we are going to have to become increasingly accustomed to and comfortable with as a part of our daily reality, no matter how many baby steps we have to take to get to that destination. And that awareness has been um, becoming more pronounced over the last three or four weeks. Um <clears throat> And it's it's been a very um don't know really how to put it into words. It's been a very um intense but personal um I guess interaction between me and the Holy Spirit the last few weeks. And I've been wanting to put it into a podcast, but I really haven't been able to articulate it very well to myself. So I just kind of left it on the back burner. Um, It's been kind of reminiscent of the testimony I've shared previously of what I felt in 1981 when the Lord was trying to draw me closer to himself. Um... It's just been a very gentle but insistent pull of the Spirit, um, a pull to go into places of the Spirit that I've been in the past, places that I remember going, but I know that it's got to be far deeper and far more intense than anything I've ever known before, deeper than any of the previous times of intercession and travail, deeper than any of that. Um, I'm struggling even to give this new realm a name, uh, yeah, as if being able to identify it would help me to make the transition. Um, but I'm acutely aware at the same time of my responsibility and calling to help others enter that place as well. Um, and I've had this recurring thought now for a little while that, These past few months, as uh, I have navigated the unpredictable waves of grief um, and all of the other soul-crushing stuff that that comes with losing the love of your life. Um, I mean, it's been a little over 13 months now since Rupa went home to be with the Lord, and um, I have struggled beyond... My ability to put into words, uh, just to breathe on countless days. I mean, to the point where I had to fight the overwhelming urge to break down and cry because I was afraid I might not be able to recover from it. Because on many occasions, I would have these sobbing convulsions where it was like my chest was collapsing and I couldn't take another breath. And I literally thought, I'm going to die at this point. Um, it was very terrifying. Uh, I'd never been through anything like that before. 
They say true love changes you very, very deeply while losing that true love (laughs) changes you very, very deeply. Uh, (laughs) Kind of feels like your soul is being strip mined and completely excavated. Uh, You feel like you have just swallowed a dark, cold, bottomless pit. And you weep and you sob from places deeper than you could have ever imagined. Like some unknown abyss in your soul has just suddenly opened up. And it is beyond any human power to close it back up. You are at the mercy of emotions that run deeper than you ever knew was possible. And in my case, an awareness has been washing over me an awareness that I need God on a deeper level than I ever imagined. And there have been moments when I've wondered if he's up for the task. I have felt all of these things over and over the last several months, even on good days when the sun was out, the skies were blue, and I was beginning to, hey, feel alive again. And then the smallest little thing sets off an avalanche. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the sign on the side of the road that said, watch for falling emotions. And out of these emotional hurricanes, um, there's come an unexpected gift. And I really see it as a gift. Um, A gift of heightened sensitivity to the heart of the Holy Spirit. Um, One thing that I have personally discovered these last 13 months is that the Holy Spirit wants to communicate with us on a deeper level than most of us will ever be comfortable with. And yet, if we do not allow him to have access to the very deepest parts of our being, then we will be forever at arm's length from intimacy with all that God is. Um, And the lesson that I'm learning, that I am sharing with all of you, is understanding what it takes to truly develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit, because that is the gateway to deeper fellowship with the Father and the Son, but it has to be on His terms. Because as deep as he wants and needs to go with us, if it were left up to us, to me, we would probably stay forever in our comfort zone. And the hour is way too late for us to go at our own pace with something of this nature. Um, I have become profoundly aware of how desperate... The Father needs us to have hearts of infinite trust and faith in Him. So I'm kind of His test subject for you guys to learn from, as I myself am learning through all of this. And what I'm doing is relating to all of you, my brothers and sisters, things that I myself am learning for what feels like the very first time. Yes, like the very first time. 
with each and every step I take on this path from grief, uh, brokenness, and loss into the very heart of God himself. And I mean into the very heart of God himself. Um, One thing I am experiencing very consistently over the last few months is a very real sense of my Heavenly Father's compassionate patience with me. Um, Something that happened to me a couple of mornings ago um, was actually the outcome of a conversation that I've been having with the Holy Spirit for the last few weeks. I've been sensing the Holy Spirit wanting to communicate with me in a deeper ongoing way than I've maybe ever known in my life. But I have been very honest with him and saying that while, yes, I am open to that, I don't know if I have the strength to handle any emotions that might get triggered. What I mean by that is, you know, I'm still dealing with very deep grief and that does not necessarily bode well if the Holy Spirit is going to, for example, initiate a spirit of travail and intercession in me. (laughs) I really don't have the strength to keep on crying and travailing in the Spirit tends to do that. So... I'm just being very honest and direct with the Holy Spirit about what I feel I can and cannot handle in my emotional and spiritual limitations as I perceive them. Now, I know that he is well able to work within my current emotional condition, and I know he's not holding it against me. I did tell him that I am open to him doing a deeper work in me, as long as it doesn't trigger anything emotionally that I'm not strong enough for. Now that, my brothers and sisters, that is the way we all need to communicate with our Heavenly Father and with the Holy Spirit. Be yourself, be honest, acknowledge your limitations, and trust that He is compassionate and willing to meet you where you are at. Because as it says in Hebrews, we have a high priest who is easily touched by the feeling of our infirmities. So, but at the same time, be aware that he will gently be trying to grow you past your comfort level, even when you might not feel like you can. And he is able to do so in gentle ways that you cannot imagine. For example, um, the breakthrough I was getting to a minute ago, um, a couple of days ago for the first time in forever, I got up really, really super early. And so I just started my day with worship and prayer. Um, and basically I just began walking through the house, praying in tongues and speaking the word over Asha and myself. And at some point while I was praying in tongues, It was like the Holy Spirit himself began praying in tongues through me. And it sounded like an angelic warlord was speaking. It was so loud and forceful. I'm surprised the neighbors didn't call 911 for noise disturbance. That was something I have not experienced in forever. 
and I knew it wasn't me, that it was the Holy Spirit praying through me, and it was it was amazing um, because for the first time in a long time, I got to really feel the person of the Holy Spirit because he's like, hey, you've given me permission, so here I am, and today I want to pray. And Romans 8, the Holy Spirit, he says he prays with us and prays for us. So this was definitely a Holy Spirit praying with and for me experience. So after about an hour, uh, I felt things subside. And so I kind of just wound down and I'm just puttering around the kitchen making coffee and just, you know, quietly still waking up while I was awake, but uh, just kind of getting my head together because it was still early morning. And yet the longer I went about the morning quietly, there was a nagging sense of something left undone. And then the thought came to me to put on some worship. So I put on an old worship CD of Rupa's, one that she played a gazillion times before we met. It was, uh, it was really her lifeline to the Lord with everything that she was suffering at home with her family, the persecution and everything else. And she lived every one of those worship songs. She just didn't listen to them. And so as I was listening to this one worship song called Make Your Home in Me, oh boy, there was such an absolute anointing on it. It was as though Rupa was in the living room singing it herself. And all of a sudden, that deep deep, deep place inside of me broke open again. And I began to worship and weep my heart out. But this time the weeping was not from the deep recesses of grief. It was from the same depths, but it was a depth of worship that I have never experienced or expressed to the Lord before in my life. And I suddenly realized that the Holy Spirit had used my grief to open me up to Him in a deeper way than ever before. And this time I actually felt healing in my brokenness, not just more grief, which was what I'd been afraid of. The Holy Spirit had been granted access to the deepest parts of my being and I honestly do not remember ever in my entire life a moment when the Holy Spirit was causing me to worship from such a deep place where I experienced such a depth of release and where I experienced such a depth of oneness with Him. I truly did experience the promise from the word that says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he binds up all their wounds. The place where our deepest hurts and sorrows and griefs can actually become the doorway for the Holy Spirit to go deeper in us than ever before and bring true healing and oneness of fellowship with him at the same time. 
And God has been dealing with me about this very thing since August the 1st. So I encourage you, my precious brothers and sisters, to allow the Holy Spirit to get in touch with your griefs, your sorrows, your heartaches as doorways to let the Holy Spirit into your heart in a deeper way and allow him to bring healing through those very hurts by allowing him to go into those wounded places. And as you go before him in worship, because I believe worship is what releases his presence into those deep places and allow him to touch you in the most loving, healing way, then you will never, ever be the same. Our infirmities, whether they be emotional, mental, or otherwise, are not roadblocks to the Holy Spirit moving in our life. I know maybe our minds, maybe your mind has led you in the past to believe, oh, he can't do this or that because you're still not healed from this. That's not a roadblock to the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Doesn't Romans 8 tell us that the Holy Spirit lays hold with us in our infirmities? What that means is that in our weakness is when we truly experience our precious partnership with him. And is that not when we need it the most? Yeah, we've been here in the self-reliant, pull yourself up by your bootstraps Western culture, and we're taught to regard weakness as shameful, and we should be more resilient, and so we chastise ourselves, etc., etc., but the Holy Spirit, through Paul the Apostle, he said, I glory in my weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I am made strong. Right after the Lord told him, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Meaning, my Holy Spirit partnership with you becomes most effectual when you are weak and depending on his strength. For the very first time in my Christian life, I am actually aware that I am truly experiencing this as a living, breathing reality right now in the midst of the absolute worst heartache I've ever known in my entire life. That's why I said earlier, I am the Lord's gracious test subject for all of you to observe and learn from. Obviously, none of the glory goes to me because I'm learning as I go. But you all get to be the recipients of learning from what I'm going through. You're welcome. There's no charge for that. Uh, So... It is as we make it a conscious point to lean on the Holy Spirit in our moments of weakness, in our moments of not knowing what to do next, in our times of perplexity, our times of lack, that our partnership with the Holy Spirit becomes the doorway to experiencing God at work in us and around us in a very personal and profound way. That scripture from Psalm 23, where it says, He leads me. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. That's that's not just a nice little promise verse. 
That's a Holy Spirit reality for us to walk out in our own experience. He goes before you and holds you by the hand, leading you in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. The only thing holding us back most of the time is our inability to inwardly hear him when he's trying to help us. Because the Holy Spirit typically does not shout at you in an audible voice or drop a brick on your head to get your attention. He prompts you with an inner nudge that something's not right. He prompts you with an inner feeling of, I should do this or do that. But you don't trust it because you think it's just last night's pizza rumbling in your stomach or something. So we need to know that he is willing to teach us and lead us by the hand on when it comes to learning how to hear his voice. Um, I'll share a little something with you by way of example. Um, I was working at a hospital in North Carolina back in 1999. And that was a season of me learning to hear the Holy Spirit in the littlest of ways. Um, Part of my spiritual education was that I was always being tested by things that were chafing in my outward circumstances. And if I responded to the Holy Spirit in the appropriate way in each circumstance, I experienced a breakthrough and I was able to see him move in really wonderful ways. But I didn't always learn. Um, but on one particular occasion, I was feeling really lonely for fellowship because my shift hours at the hospital were at night. So that meant I had to sleep all day long so I could work all night. And so consequently, I really never had time for Christian fellowship. Um, but there was one spirit filled brother at the hospital that, um, he was always working the day shift. Uh, so I was always rushing to get there before he left so I could hang out, fellowship for a little bit. And um, I remember one afternoon, I was running late. I got to the parking lot. I was walking to the front entrance of the hospital. And I said, Lord, I'd really like to see David today just to kind of get some spiritual connection with somebody before I have to go all night long again. And as I'm walking toward the entrance, because it was shift change, and all of a sudden it was like hundreds of employees were pouring out of the front of the hospital to go home, and I thought, oh, well, there's no way I'm going to see David before he leaves, not in this sea of people. And suddenly the Holy Spirit stopped me where I was. I just felt like this sensation to just stand still for a minute. And I looked over to my left, and I saw a service door, a gray metal service door on the side of the building that I had never really noticed before. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to wait by that door. So I walked over to the side of the hospital building and stood by the service door. And I probably stood there for less than a minute. And all of a sudden, the door pops open, and out comes David. And he almost ran into me because he was in a hurry to leave. And he looked surprised, but happy to see me. And he's like, what are you doing here? And i like, well, I was 
waiting for you. And he's like, how'd you know I'd be coming out this door? And I just said, well, the Holy Spirit just prompted me to stand here at the door and wait that you'd be coming out. So we started having a Holy Ghost time right there. Uh, Then his wife pulled up in their car to pick him up. And uh, David told her what had happened. She got all lit up in the Holy Spirit, started prophesying over me. And we had a very anointed 10-minute visit. Um, And I have never, ever forgotten that because it was one time when I decided to go with the Holy Spirit's prompting instead of letting my mind argue with me and talk me out of it. And boom, he did something awesome. And that entire season of my time in North Carolina was one Holy Spirit lesson after the other, teaching me to listen to him and hear him and rely on his leading for everything. And that was the path that led me to meeting the woman who would become my wife, Rupa. So... One huge lesson here is to pray for discernment and sensitivity as to the spiritual season the Holy Spirit has you in so you can cooperate with Him and so you can learn the things He's trying to teach you because learning those lessons is the doorway into the things He wants to do next in your life. Each lesson the Holy Spirit brought me during that time in North Carolina was to encourage me to step out in faith a little bit more, step out in obedience a little bit more, and to step out in sensitivity a little bit more. And with each step, when taken obedience, taken in obedience, led to the next step, and so on. And it meant me being patient when I didn't feel like it. It meant me trusting when I did not see any answers or breakthroughs forthcoming. It meant me being willing to trust him when I did not see any good coming. Now, remember the scripture in Galatians, I believe, that says, you shall reap in due season if you faint not. Well, sowing begins in the spirit realm. Again, in Galatians, where it says, if you sow to the spirit, you shall reap from the Spirit, eternal life. That is not just talking about salvation. That is talking about eternally living benefits from the Holy Spirit in the here and now. So if you sow to the Spirit by being patient, then you will reap and do season His answer. Like it says in James, let patience have its perfect work that you may be complete and entire, lacking in nothing. So Each spiritual lesson that the Lord brought to me in North Carolina was one where I had to be patient and trusting, knowing that in his time, he would bring the answer about in his own way. Every test, every challenge was an opportunity for me to walk in faith and obedience. And in looking back now, all these years later, I can see every step was almost in consecutive order with each step requiring a deeper level of faith, a deeper level of trust, a deeper level of patience, but always leading to a greater reward and a deeper awareness of my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, that time was one of the most precious seasons of my entire life 
And I really miss it because it's just such an awesome feeling when you are truly aware that each day is a day you are in the school of the Holy Spirit and He is using your life circumstances, your circumstances on your job, in your surroundings, as His tools to train you and speak to you through them and manifest Himself through them in the most unexpected, miraculous ways. Sometimes in ways that seem small, but when you join them all together to the other little happenings, it is a really miraculous thing to behold. Now, while I'm still living in that little town in North Carolina, there was a little library, one library in the whole town, and there was an East Indian girl who worked there. That was the first East Indian person I'd ever seen or met in my life. Well, one night after I got off work, I went to the grocery store before they closed late, and I saw the same Indian girl from the library, who, by the way, was normally just wearing a t-shirt and jeans while working there. She was in the grocery store with her mom and dad, and they were all wearing their beautiful East Indian outfits in this little white redneck town in North Carolina. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful culture. They look so sweet together as a family. And I'm sure my Heavenly Father was up there smiling, really, really big, thinking, you have no idea what I'm preparing for you, do you? (laughs) But, you know, I had no idea then that he was going to bring an East Indian girl into my life to be my wife, but he did. And he was planting seeds in my heart and in my mind for what he was going to do down the road. And... Again, when you look back and you can see how the Holy Spirit has used every little thing to shape your path in this life, a path that will affect you for all eternity, it makes you want to cooperate with Him as fully as you possibly can because He truly knows what He's doing and what He is putting together in your life. And quite frankly, the biggest part of cooperating with the Holy Spirit is allowing him to change the way we think. Here's what I mean by that. Receiving is both the easiest and the hardest thing for Western Christians. It's like the fortress of our rational minds that must become like the walls of Jericho tumbling down so that we can receive from our Heavenly Father with a childlike faith. When we truly comprehend that everything we will ever need comes from our Heavenly Father by faith, it becomes easier to understand that our rational minds are no longer our friend, but they are our enemy, and they must be made to bow their knee to Jesus Christ. It is the rational mind that is the biggest hindrance. It has to have proof of everything. I keep rehearsing in my mind how God moved in my life in so many past years, and it seems that receiving from the Lord should be the easiest thing for us to do. But in the flesh, because of the way our minds work in such a rational rational way here in the West, faith is something that does not come easy to us, unfortunately, and it shouldn't be that way. Over and over... In the Gospels, Jesus repeatedly said, 
unless you come as little children. Now, we live in a a Western society that demands we work for everything, earn everything, but that mentality, as Christians, if we hold on to that mentality, we will always be outside of the kingdom looking in, but never receiving. Um, And it just, it's something that we need to, and you know what, that's the past 24 episodes, that has probably been the common thread through everything I've been saying is learning to depend on the Holy Spirit and lean on the Holy Spirit. I had a dream yesterday morning. I totally forgot about it until just now. That's why I was starting to like lose my train of thought. It was coming back to me. Um, and I believe that this dream speaks directly to defeating the problem of the rational mind in Christians because we are called to walk by faith. We're called to walk in the spirit. We are never called to walk in our mind. Rather, God says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. It says in Colossians that that Jesus is the source of all wisdom. All God's wisdom is stored up in him. The treasures of his wisdom are stored up in Jesus. And we want to lean on our own rational thinking when it comes to spiritual things. Um, I woke up yesterday morning. It was probably about 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning. I had a very intense dream where the Lord was talking to me about the subject of the inner man. And no, I did not hear Jesus verbally. I did not hear him audibly. I did not see his face. He wasn't sitting in a chair talking to me. But in the dream, I knew it was Jesus. And he was proactively teaching me about the subject of the inner man. And he was showing me a plaque with a verse from Colossians on it. And I remember, it felt like the dream went on for a while. It was like very intensive. But I can't remember anything but the plaque that he showed me with the verse from Colossians. And as I was waking up, I was talking to the Lord about the verse he was showing me. But when I was fully awake, I couldn't remember what the verse was. But what the Lord was talking to me about in the dream was that Christians need to begin living from their spirit man like never before, not their mind, not their emotions, and not their thoughts. And the thing that the Lord emphasized to me in the dream was that he has made full provision for us to learn to do this if we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He reminded me in the dream, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He reminded me in the dream of passages like where Paul said, I went up by revelation. In other words, Paul made a trip to a certain city, not based on his own will or planning, but he went by a revelation from the Holy Spirit who was directing him. 
Paul also made the incredible statement, which I've never heard anybody preach on or teach on, when he said, I serve God with my spirit. I've never heard anyone teach or preach on the ramifications of that. I mean, consider this, okay, consider who was saying this, making this statement. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most all of the New Testament, established more churches than probably any man who's ever lived, and he did so in the power of the Holy Spirit. He endured more persecution, hunger, homelessness, beatings, imprisonments than any man I've ever heard of, and the same man says, I serve God with my spirit. Frankly, I think the body of Christ in this hour needs to pay more attention to walking in the spirit and serving God in the spirit than ever before. And we are quickly running out of time to do so. Um, the other verse I, I thought of in the dream, they showed me in the dream was, um, and I think this is from Colossians, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Through his spirit in the inner man. So I want you to see that direct connection through his spirit in the inner man. The Holy Spirit in you, in your inner man, directly connected to your inner man. So everything that you will ever receive spiritually will come through the Holy Spirit to your inner man. And Paul said, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. As to the spiritual resources the Holy Spirit wants to administer to us, to our spirits, by himself, through himself. Um, I'm going to relay a little testimony, and I'm going to try to make it quick. Because there's so many things that we need from the Lord in our lives. But you have to understand that the source of those things you need from the Lord come from the Spirit, through the Spirit, and, okay, I'm just going to give you my little testimony here. Um, during those months of 2020, when I was home with Rupa, and she was in very desperate shape, um, there were many days when I would just spend time in the living room praying quietly, uh, have some devotional music playing, and just walking around the living room, praying in tongues, worshiping the Lord. And there were many times during this this very critical uh, year when after praying in tongues for a little bit, a prayer in English would come out of my mouth, but it wasn't anything that came from my own mind or my own reasoning. And I would know immediately that what I was praying in English was the interpretation of what I had just been praying in tongues. And the interpretation of what I had been praying in tongues was so powerful and so real and specific 
to our situation that it could have only been inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. Um, One example that comes to my mind is when in August of last year, uh, Rupa had fallen and broken her polio leg. And she was in critical need of medical help, but she could not be hospitalized because she could not be ambulated and transported anywhere. The break was that bad. And I did not know what to do. I was freaking out in desperation. And as I walked in the living room praying in tongues, a few minutes later, I prayed something in English that was actually more like a worshipful declaration. And the words that came to me were, you are enthroned over all that concerns us. And the moment those words came out of my mouth, there was such a release from worry and fear. It's like it was broken completely off of me. And I began worshiping and praising God with that declaration that the Holy Spirit had given me. You are enthroned over all that concerns us. Within probably about an hour, the Lord inspired me to call one of the nursing homes uh, that I had been doing business with the year before, and I asked them if they had a mobile x-ray unit. Well, they did, and they sent uh, a nurse out with the mobile x-ray unit, and they did x-rays of Rupa's polio leg while she was in bed, and... I don't think I would have thought of that because my wife's own doctor, whom I had called, didn't even think about it. Um, so <laughs> to me, that that meant everything. The Holy Spirit took that worry and fear completely away and in a very supernatural way. Um, so again... That is just an example of spiritual resources that the Lord wants so much to give us. says in Ephesians, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, but they are spiritual blessings. How do they get from the heavenly places to us? Well, I'm going to tell you how they get to us. Now, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because remember, God sent the Holy Spirit to be his representative to us here on this earth. And he sent the Holy Spirit to us to be our direct connection to him. That is why Paul said, I pray with my understanding and I pray with the Spirit. And when I pray with an unknown tongue, I do not speak unto men, but unto God. He who prays in tongues edifies himself. The Greek word for edify there means to build up, like someone building a house, like someone constructing a sturdy building. So praying in the Spirit builds you up spiritually like exercising a spiritual muscle. Just like Jude in Jude, I think uh, Jude 20, he uses the same exact language when he says, but you, beloved, 
by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Something we rational Westerners have got to get through our head is that what is real, what is true substance, is not just what you can hold in your hand and see with your eyes. What does it say in Hebrews? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Brothers and sisters, if we call ourselves by the name of Jesus and we are born again, you have no business living according to what you see, feel, and think anymore. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son. So you are meant to live by different rules, different laws. And what did Jesus say? We are set free from the law of sin and death by the spirit of the law of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation. The old things have passed away. We are raised up with him to walk in what newness of life, not regular life like here on this planet, the God kind of life, divine life. If we are born again and left to walk in our own thinking, in our own senses and our own abilities, then what were we born again for? To make it completely and totally simplistic, everything that God wants to give us Everything that is in the Godhead, every promise, every spiritual reality, every spiritual blessing that belongs to us through Jesus Christ is imparted to us in one way and in one way only through the Holy Spirit. The blessings of God are not intellectual blessings. They are not mental blessings. They cannot be appropriated mentally or intellectually. That is the poison that the Western religious system has been serving up for decades. That is why we have millions of lifeless professing believers, because they have not been taking in any true spiritual diet. The blessings of God are spiritual in nature. They are spirit. They are of the spirit, by the spirit, and via the spirit. And because those blessings are of spiritual substance, You can only receive them in one way, via the channel of the Holy Spirit himself. Again, those blessings are a spiritual substance. So we must wrap our little hearts, our heads and minds around that one simple fact, that the things that are spiritual must be received by spiritual means. That is exactly why Paul the Apostle said, the things of the Spirit cannot be received by the natural carnally minded man because he regards them as foolish for they are spiritually discerned and the carnally minded man only relates to things that are earthly. Whatever he can see, feel, touch, taste, put in his mouth, whatever. The Apostle Paul also stated... We teach the things of the Spirit and spiritual words taught by the Spirit. Our Western religious culture has absolutely blinded us to the fact that spiritual things can only be appropriated spiritually by spiritually minded, spiritually endowed believers. Why do you think that Paul 
prayed over the Colossians, the Philippians, the Ephesians for them to have to for God to give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He asked God to give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation so they would know what was provided to them in the spirit. And for them to understand it and apprehend it, they had to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to open their spiritual eyes to those things. Read the prayers of Paul. Read the prayers of Paul tonight. That is why he prayed those prayers, because these spiritual blessings will never be appropriated by your mind, by your natural thinking, or by your natural senses. They are in the Spirit. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh profits nothing. We have got to move to that address, brothers and sisters. We've got to pack up everything and move to that address. The address where Jesus speaks from. That address where the Holy Spirit moves from. Get out of the carnal. Get out of the rationalistic thinking. Get out of the physical-minded thinking. Get out of it. Or you'll die there, and we are late in the hour. If you are born again, you need to live where the Spirit of God lives and think like He thinks. To illustrate what the Western Church has done to the spiritual truth of God's Word and what we've been talking about, it's kind of like this. It's like taking a glass of water and saying, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it the way I want to. I'm just gonna I'm gonna inhale the water instead of swallowing it. Water is a substance. That water is a substance meant to be taken into our bodies one way by drinking it. You can't change that. You cannot intake liquid water by any other means unless you want to do damage to yourself. It is the same exact thing with the spirit and spiritual blessings. You can only receive them one way, through the Holy Spirit into and imparted to your spirit. There's simply no other way. No matter how much your mind may balk against it, I'm sorry. Spirit is spirit. Flesh is flesh. You'll never change that. So I'm, I'm, I am imploring my brothers and sisters to think about that this weekend as we go into a new year. God help us. God be with us. And think about why Jesus said there's only one way to worship the Father, and that's in spirit and truth. Jesus told us why. Because God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's it's a shame that we have not had these things taught to us and emphasized us over and over but I believe that in Jesus name God's going to make a way for people to grasp this Um, and again going back to where Jesus said those who worship the father must worship him in spirit and in truth for the father seeks 
such to worship him. Now, I've been a Christian since August 1978. I've never read or seen a passage anywhere in the Bible that specifically states anything else that the Father is seeking. So stop and close your eyes for just a moment and let that soak in. The creator of the universe is seeking one thing out of all creation. Out of all that he has made, he is only seeking one thing. Those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That sums up all of human history. All of history surrounding the creation of all that God has made. Even the history of God himself. The God who was without beginning, without end, seeks only one thing. Those who will worship him in spirit. Because God is spirit. There's only one way to relate to God, who is spirit, through the spirit, by the spirit. Jesus said, the Father and I are one. The Father is always with me. Well, how was the Father with him? In the Spirit, by His Spirit. The Father wasn't standing next to Jesus physically, but Jesus made the bold declaration when the disciples were leaving Him, when everybody was deserting Him. He said, I am not alone, for the Father is always with me. In the beginning, God walked with Adam in the garden, not to give Adam things to do for him, not to check up on Adam's dominion over the earth. He walked with Adam for fellowship. The God who made everything Adam was walking on, the earth and everything in it, the universe surrounding that earth, the stars, everything else, the God that made Adam walked with Adam for just one thing, intimate fellowship with the one he had created. And I think that if we would deeply ponder what God wants, what God wants out of us, what God needs from us, why he made us in the first place for fellowship, then our spiritual lives would be radically changed for the better. I mean, think about it. First of all, your laundry list of spiritual things to do. You know, become more spiritual, become more pleasing to God, become a better Christian, blah, blah, blah. All of that gets narrowed down to one thing. Fellowshipping with the Father through the Spirit. Everything gets a lot more simplified at this point. And put into the proper context, it takes the weight off of your shoulders, dear believer, who feel you have to perform for God to qualify for his blessing, dear believer who feels that there's so many spiritual qualifications a Christian must qualify for or live up to, you are now relieved of all such heavy expectations. It's all been boiled down to love and worship your Heavenly Father and do that through the Holy Spirit whom he sent, Remember, your Heavenly Father wants to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. Why does He want to give you the Holy Spirit? So you can worship Him in spirit and in truth. So look at that. Now even the baptism of the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit has become something simple. Instead of a bunch of Pentecostal charismatic hoops you got to jump through, it's just a matter of fellowshipping with the Father. But remember, Jesus made it point-blank clear. 
The Father is spirit. God is spirit. Those who worship him must absolutely, no exceptions, worship him in spirit and in truth. So, with that, my precious brothers and sisters, I will leave you with all that. Remember, the spiritual blessings are spiritual substance. They must be received by spiritual means through the Holy Spirit. Read for your homework this New Year's weekend. Your homework is to read Ephesians and Colossians. Read those two little tiny letters of Paul. Focus on the places that talk about Jesus being wisdom to us, the blessings uh, in, in heavenly places, and how we receive that through the Holy Spirit. Spend time dwelling on that, meditating on that. Read those two, you know, read Ephesians and Colossians when you're having your prayer time with the Lord in the morning and pray, be quiet in the spirit, spend some time worshiping him, asking him to open the eyes of your heart to comprehend what he's trying to show you in those two uh, books in Ephesians and Colossians. I believe that the new year will be something different from what you've just been walking out. And I believe it will be for all of us as we stay in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, and fellowship with our Heavenly Father in the Spirit. Have a wonderful night, and God bless you all.